Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I am the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. And if you would like to be a part of this very fine program, you can always give me a call on the listener hotline, the number 303-832-0217. The uh, hotline has been quiet as of late, uh, so I wouldn't mind a phone call or two. And you can always find that number as well as any of the other contact links uh, for me in the description of this show. It's time again for our talking traffic segment where we hook up with a traffic anchor from somewhere in the United States and talk traffic. Today, we're going to go west to California, to the small town of Bakersfield, and talk to probably one of the most unique traffic anchors we have as part of EW Scripps. Officer Robert Rodriguez is one of the public information officers for the California Highway Patrol, but also one of the traffic anchors for KERO-TV, our station in Bakersfield. Officer Rodriguez, thanks so much for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Hey, well, thank you very much for having me. So, like I said, you are probably the most unique traffic guy of all the Scripps stations across the country because you are an officer and a traffic anchor. So, I'll have some police questions for you coming up in just a bit. But first, I want to know about you, the broadcaster. How did you get started talking traffic on KERO-TV? Um, well, it actually started uh, back in 2009. So, um, that's when I became the public information officer. Well, I was actually assigned the public information officer for the Bakersfield uh, CHP area. And um, at the time, the um, the officer that was the, the public information officer at the time, he had been doing it for quite some time. And so, he, you know, whoever is the, the, the PIO for the Bakersfield area, you're going to do the traffic uh, segment. And so, you know, I kind of learned on the fly, I, I guess you could call it. Um you know, I was like, look at the traffic screen, look at what's going on, the congestion, and and then just kind of get on camera live and talk about it. And so uh, at the time, we were doing an, a, another station. Um, and then as time went on, uh, we brought on KRO uh, Channel 23 here in Bakersfield. So we were doing two stations uh, in the morning at one time. And it was a, it was a little hectic. Um, we now only do um, KRO t- Channel 23. And... Um, you know, throughout throughout the years, I've learned, you know, to, to be more smooth with my traffic uh, updates and reports. And, of course, I think that's probably one of the most important segments that uh, come on uh, in the mornings. And uh, at least that's what I'm told by, you know, some of the viewers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> some of the viewers tell me that. They're like, hey, the only reason why I watch this station is because I want to see what, what's going on with traffic in the morning, you know, because it's, it's important. You know, people, they want to get to work on time or to school on time or, you know, if they're going to head out of town, they want to make sure. You know, we have the grapevine uh, here in, in uh, Kern County, and so that's a huge um, artery uh, that runs, uh, that splits uh, central California uh, with Southern California. And so when that closes, you know, it's, you know, people just go wild. They don't know what to do, but, uh, anyway, um, that's how we, I pretty much got started. It's, it's interesting. You say that, that people love to, I, I'm, I'm glad that they love your, your traffic reporting, but I, I wouldn't think that traffic in Bakersfield is all that heavy. You know, it's not, um, it's not too, too bad here. Um, you know, we do have a lot of construction. I'm sure there's a lot of construction going on throughout um, California and throughout the 
whole United States um, right now with on our roadways. But, um, you know, uh, like I said, we've got some pretty major arteries here in Kern County, um, and the Grapevine being one of them. We've got um, Highway 58, which takes us east um, out of Kern County. Um, we've got Highway 99 through here as well. And so we do have some major arteries uh, here through town. You know, we have a lot of commercial traffic. Um, and so we've got, um, you know, a lot of commerce that, that, that runs through our freeways. Yeah. Cause basically you are just North of Los Angeles. So 99 would take folks from Bakersfield up to Fresno and Stockton and maybe even Sacramento. And then of course, I five, well, you folks call it the five, uh, <laughs> goes a little bit uh, West of you, but is obviously the major artery there between you know, the Bay area and uh, Los Angeles. That's right. And if, and if those roads are closed in any way, shape or form, or if there's, you know, something major happening, um, then, you know, people want to know about it. Oh, that have you always wanted to be on TV or in the media? You obviously signed up to be a patrol officer and then get into the public information space. So did you ever uh, think about going into broadcasting before it found you? Never in a million years. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, um, you know, I always tell a story, you know, I was having fun out there, you know, on gang task forces and, you know, I was a warrant service coordinator, you know, and, and, um, doing all this other tactical, uh, aspect of the job. And when, uh, I think it was a couple times I'd helped, the. The public information officer at the time, I'd helped him, uh, cause I was, I'm also a car seat, uh, technician certified car seat technician and so i you know i helped him out a couple times at a couple of events you know in his place and and uh i guess i made an impression on him that so much so that he told the the the, the captain at the time and you know i left for vacation and i came back and he's like hey officer williams is retiring you're gonna be my next pio my next public <laughs> i'm like what when that happened <laughs> You know, uh, of course, he gave me the whole rundown. You know, I want you to look sharp every time, you know, polished every day, you know, and, and so I, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was very interesting. You know, I, uh, I got a lot of laughs at the beginning, um, <laughs> a lot of text messages, my very first, uh, traffic report, um, yeah, I, I received, uh, my phone literally, literally blew up. I, um. You know, it was one of those, man, that was hilarious. That was so <laughs> funny. You know, and I'm like, well, I didn't mean for it to be funny. You know, I just wanted to tell people what's going on in traffic, you know. But, um, you know, I learned, I've learned throughout the years to, to, to love the job. And, you know, people really rely on me, you know, to, to give them the, uh, the traffic updates. You're, you're a highway patrol officer. You come across with a guaranteed... Uh, presence of authority of, of you know what you're talking about and, and you know where the information is coming from and and you're going to be the, the one that, that's going to provide it to them. I'm, I'm sure that's got to be uh, some kind of rewarding feeling as well as you're, as you're you know, I don't know if you're sitting or standing uh, when you're doing your updates, but that's got to be a good feeling. You know, it is. Um, I wish I was standing. I think I'd you know be more a little bit more animated, but I am sitting during, during, during the report. Um it, it is. It's a great feeling, you know, knowing that, um, um, you know, I have my uniform on and, and, and I represent um, our incredible department, the California Highway Patrol, um, not just the Bakersfield area, but our entire department. And so knowing that and um, that people actually, you know, rely on the information that I that I present to them is uh, is a good feeling. 
Do you do uh, reports for radio as well, right? Yes, I do. And would you like to do radio or TV, or, or do you don't care about either one? Or would you rather just ditch it all if you if you could and just, just sit in your patrol car or do uh, public information stuff for the highway patrol? <laughs> no, you know what? It's it's just another um, avenue for for um, for our department to to get out into the community, and we're able to touch you know many many more lives and uh, with with um with our message because along with the traffic report i usually will give out uh a um a safety message uh depending on what's happening uh you know we have the super bowl coming up this weekend and so you know uh tomorrow i'll definitely put out um several messages uh for uh for people to be safe during the weekend so you know it allows us that that opportunity to 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 be out in the community as well I am speaking with California Highway Patrol Officer and Traffic Anchor for KERO-TV in Bakersfield, Officer Robert Rodriguez. Uh, and uh, we're talking about the traffic in Bakersfield as well as being a, a patrol officer. Uh, I, I'm imagining that there are, can't be any really huge trouble spots on a daily basis there in Bakersfield. But do you have some usual slowdown areas or usual areas where you see a bunch of crashes? Um, well, like I said, uh, you know, right now we've got a lot of construction um, here uh, throughout Bakersfield. And so we, we will typically see a huge slowdown. We call it the slot and it's the main on highway 99 here to the, to the heart of, uh, of Bakersfield. And we'll usually see some pretty good slowdowns, uh, every day on, you know, on the day and, um, and some crashes, um, some major, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, we've, we've seen a major increase in fatality crashes, uh, here locally. Uh, and so, um, not necessarily attributed to the construction, but um, it's just, uh, you know, it started, I think the trend, the upward trend started uh, in 2020. And then it kind of went from 2020 to 20, last year. We had, uh, you know, 2020, we had 87 fatalities. Last year, we had 89. And so this year, we're, you know, we're not starting off too great either. And so, um, you know, we, whenever there is a fatality, that happens or a major injury crash or, or, uh, or something, or even a, a big rig, you know, the other day we had a big rig that crashed on 99 uh, here right in the heart of Bakersfield. And so on the northbound side, then traffic was backed up for miles and miles. And of course I'm getting all these phone calls. Hey, what's going on on the 99, you know? Um, but, um, you know, we've had um, instances like that, similar to that. And, and it's just one little thing. Uh, and you know, as you know, one little thing could really stall traffic for for miles. Oh, exactly. And I I think that maybe you uh, agree or disagree that part of the issue with more fatalities is that during the pandemic, starting in 2020, when there was the shutdown, lighter traffic, people felt comfortable going faster on some of the roadways because there weren't as many people out there, and there weren't as many officers patrolling some of those areas that they could get uh going a little bit faster and so when i whenever i talk about crashes especially during bad weather one of the problems is people get comfortable with the conditions and then their speed comes up and then the violence of those crashes becomes much more apparent so do you think that speeding is one of the bigger problems related to the fatalities oh most definitely you know our number one reason why people crash or or uh uh, primary collision factor here in Kern County and in Bakersfield for the CHP is is speed, and uh, you're right. During the pandemic, man, we were getting speeds hundred, you know, hundred plus, you know, multiple times uh, here on the 99. We've got a a lot of open areas, a lot of county roads, 
Um, you hear a lot of two-lane roadways uh, through uh, Bakersfield and Kern County. And so, yes, people people were, were, were kicking it up quite a bit, you know, and, and not just in your, you know, zippity cars, but they were in their minivans, you know, their, <laughs> their, their, uh, their family vehicles, you know, pickup trucks, whatever it was, that, that vehicle was cooking. And so, um, yes, our number one cause for crashes here in Bakersfield is, uh, is speed. What do you think is worse, speeding or distracted driving? Eesh. Um, well, you know, I, I think, I think they're both, they're, they're both can be, uh, very, very, very dangerous and very uh, deadly. Um, like I said, you know, number one collision factor is speed, um, for distracted driving. You know, we will typically, uh, label that as a, a secondary, uh, collision factor. It is dangerous that they're both, they're both dangerous. Um, you know, with distracted driving, you know, one second off the road and, and, you know, next thing you know, you look up and, and there's a cow in front of you or there's the, you know, traffic stopped. Um, so, and now you're involved in a rear end crash, you know, pretty major uh, incident. Um, but, um, do you have a big, do you have a big problem with cows just being in the middle of the street? <laughs> <laughs> you know what we do actually, you know, there, we, there are some areas out here where, where there are cows, you know, there are horses. Um, the other day we had a horse uh, crash, um, which luckily no one inside the vehicle uh, was injured. But unfortunately, the horse, uh, because of his injuries, had to be had to be put down. But um, you know, we've got a lot of livestock uh, out here as well, and so that's what I'm saying. You know, with speed and with distractions, man, it is any time you're out here on a county road. Uh, we're on a two-lane roadway out here in the outskirts of Bakersfield. You know, it can be, I mean, you have to really pay attention to to what you're doing. Do you ever have a conflict or wish that you could go and help out in one of these crashes instead of reporting them on TV? Um, you know, before I became the public information officer, I did work a patrol for 11 years. And so I know what it takes to investigate these crashes and, and, um, all the work that, especially if it's a major injury or, or a fatality crash, uh, that's involved in it. Um, you know, there are times when I have to leave because of the, the nature of the crash. I have to leave my, my post here of reporting traffic and I have to respond out to the scene, uh, to handle the media there at the scene, uh, depending on the incident. And so while I'm there, of course, you know, I'm helping out in any way, shape or form that I can, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, blocking traffic or assisting with statements. Um, so that, but, yeah, that would be a conflict for you, right? Cause you're, cause you're getting a report of a really serious crash at, you know, somewhere in the middle of town and then you're, you're stuck there at, at the station going, well, here is the crash and I can see what's happening and I'm getting reports from uh, the other troopers or other patrol officers who are telling me what's going on. And, and you, you probably have that inner feeling that you, I, I need to be out there. I need to leave right now and get out there. Well, you know, sometimes I do. And, 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 and like I said, you know, sometimes I have to go out there only, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the sergeant will call me out. Hey, can you come out here and handle the media? Uh, but while I'm there again, I'm helping out in any way that I can. Um, you know, it's just another, another, another body, another officer there, another mind, you know, another, uh, investigator there, uh, to assist, uh, at the scene whenever possible. 
All right, I'm speaking with California Highway Patrol Officer and Traffic Anchor for KERO-TV in Bakersfield, Officer Robert Rodriguez. And well, I want to talk to uh, to you more as a, as a, as a patrol officer now and, and get some patrol officer questions out there that, that have been, well, sent to me as well as some of my own questions. And, and maybe you can help us out with that. So recently, I actually did a story how in Colorado, there are so many owners of Teslas, they've been selling like crazy out here. And, and apparently... The owners, and, I, and I've read about it on blogs, and I've talked to owners of these Teslas, and they don't like to put the required front plate on the front of the car. I, I know front plates are also required there in California. Are you seeing that problem too? And, and if you saw a driver without the front plates, are you more likely to ignore it or, or pull them over? Well, um, you are here in the state of California. You are required to uh, install your front plate. Um, yes, we do get a lot of people that, uh, whether it's a Tesla or whether it's a, uh, you know, a Camaro or a Corvette, whatever other vehicle that, you know, looks, oh, I think it looks so cool without <laughs> the front plate. Right. And the front plate just kind of is a downer. Um, but you know, it is California state law that they have to install that plate. I know some people will be like, oh, but I just, you know, it's just a front plate. Yeah. But it gives me probable cause to initiate a traffic stop on that vehicle. And so um, sometimes, you know, just depending, I'm just saying, um, you know, you stop somebody for speed or um, typically speed, they don't have a front plate, you know, just depending, you know, we may, we may decide to, you know, give them a citation for front plate. And sometimes (laughs) what happens is that individual will be like, no, just run me for speed, you know? let me go on that front plate because I don't want to put a front plate on the car, you know? And then, so, you know, sometimes that happens as well. So, and, 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 you know, the, the individual will have to come in here and get signed off after they've installed that front plate. But, you know, that is a citation. It is a correctable uh, citation. Uh, but, you know, that's just something that some of these owners do not like to do. Yeah. We also have a problem with a lot of folks driving on either expired tags or expired temp tags, is that a problem there in California too? Because typically if you're not registering your vehicle, you also aren't carrying the required insurance on the car. Um, you know, uh, we do have, um, you know, that, that is a problem, uh, where, where people won't pay their, again, their registration and they won't have the up to date or the current sticker on there. And so, you know, again, that's, that, that is a correctable violation. So they will have to go and pay their registration if they re- do receive a citation from us. Um, there are cases uh, here in California where if the, if the vehicle has expired more or six months or longer, that we can actually impound that vehicle and we'll impound it until they pay their registration. And so um, insurance, you have to have insurance on your car here to drive. And so uh, with paying your registration, you know, they'll usually ask for the insurance uh, information as well. There's a loophole, at least here. I don't know if it's the same there. But let's say I had my car uh, towed because it uh, didn't have the proper registration. It was, you know, late, let's say late for five or six or eight or 12 months, whatever. And it gets towed out. I can actually pay the the company the that's holding the car uh, the towing fee or, or whatever fee it is for the impound fee. So let's say it's a couple hundred dollars and have them tow it out into the public street and par- and drop it right there in, you know, basically a street parking spot. And then at that point, th- it's out of the lot. 
the nobody else is watching me do it. Just get back in the car and drive off and keep driving without that ex- driving without getting new uh, registration or insurance. Well, we can't do that here. <laughs> um, here, you yeah, you need to have a release signed by us um, that will be presented to the to the tow company, and then once that's presented to them, then they'll release the vehicle. But um, until then, you know, they, the the vehicle stays in impound um, here. As long as they pay the fees, they can come into our office. They'll show us the receipt from the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles, and then uh, we'll give them that release, and then they'll they'll get their vehicle back. But um, yeah, we can't just re- they, the the tow company just can't release it. <laughs> oh, that's that's a much better way to do it than we're doing it here. I'm speaking with uh, Robert Rodriguez, California Highway Patrol officer, as well as traffic anchor for KERO TV in Bakersfield. When someone gets pulled over naturally the blood pressure goes up the heart rate goes up you get nervous maybe some people are are different in that regard but i i know it would happen to me if i got pulled over how should the driver and the people in the car interact when they get pulled over how do they interact with you as a as a patrol officer um well of course we want them to be you know we're, we're human too so we want them to be cordial with us just like we we're going to be with them um of course we always want to see your hands that's very important to us um that we see the hands of the individual um of course we're going to let you know why we stopped you and and the uh, and so we're going to ask to see you know certain documents your driver's license your registration your insurance um it's important that you have those items uh present and that you give them to us if uh now here you know we'll also take them if you have it on your phone as far as your, your insurance but you know, if uh, if you disagree with the reason why you were stopped, you know the you know uh, disagreeing on the side of the road, you know it's it's just it's just not it's just, it's not appropriate. Uh, there is a time and place, and you know we'll also mention that to the individual. You know, there's a time and place for this to to uh, uh, to be discussed, and that will be at, at you know in court, uh, but definitely not on the side of the freeway or on the side of the road, especially when it's a busy roadway, uh, because that just raises the level of danger for both of us, you know? So, um, of course we want, again, be cordial with us. We'll co- be cordial with you, you know, and, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're people as well. You know, we want to, our number one goal is to make it home to our loved ones, uh, every day. And so, um, if there is, you know, if it, you know, here in Kern County, you know, we've had, we do have individuals that, that, um, have a concealed weapons, uh, permit and some of them will have, uh, firearms in their vehicles and in their possessions. You know, we ask that, of course, that you not touch it or that, you know, that you present us the, the proper documentation for carrying the firearm as well. Uh, when, when you, uh, uh, the, um, uh, when you, uh, tell us that you are carrying, you know, if, if, if that's, if that should be the case as well. Why does it always seem that when an officer approaches the car and, and maybe the first thing that they ask you is, where are you going? Why do they always ask you that during a traffic stop? Um, well, it just depends. Um, so sometimes, um, let's say the person, the individual is like, you know, speeding down the roadway, maybe driving a little, a little, a little more aggressive uh, than the other motorists. Um, there could be a reason for it. And so what we might ask, Hey, is there a reason why you're driving so fast? Is there, are you, are you going to an emergency? Are you heading, you know, and sometimes, no, I just like driving fast or yes. You know what? I'm actually on my way to the hospital. My wife is in labor, you know? Um, so that that's happened as well. So, um, sometimes we would like to know, um, especially, 
depending on the circumstances um, and the reason why, why the individual is stopped. And I'm sure it helps to be polite because I'm sure you have seen, I, I have seen these videos either at a, uh, I've seen them at border crossings. I've seen them at DUI check stops. I've seen them just at regular, uh, uh, you know, stops, regular uh, patrol officer stop, right? Where somebody will open up their window, maybe a crack, just so you could hear between the two people, you know, the officer outside and the person driving on the inside. And that the uh, that the person on the inside is always asking, uh, you, you're, uh, am, I, am I being detained? Am I being detained? It just basically keeps repeating it. I'm, am I being detained? How do you handle mm-hmm. those kind of situations with people that are, are, are doing that and maybe even doing it because they want to put a video out there of what it's going to be like interacting with an officer and, and maybe try to try to get at you a little bit. Sure. And you know, our, our job again is to be professional uh, with these individuals and um, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're going to be. We're going to be professional with them. Um, yeah. It's, it's very uh, nerve wracking whenever something like that does happen. Of course it makes as an officer it makes, all of your senses, you know, just heighten that much more uh, whenever a situation like that does happen. You know, we'll usually call for our supervisor to arrive on scene as well um, because we want we want this interaction. We want to conduct our business. You know, we have work that we have to do as well. And once we conduct our business and um, we're finished with our business, then the individual will usually be free to go. Now, if this individual, you know, continues and and is uh, refusing to present us any type of information, which that happens, you know, uh, we we're, we're, there comes a time when we will have to, you know, open the door and, and, um, pre- and then we'll have to take the individual into custody in order to present them in front of a magistrate because we need to find out who this individual is as well. So sometimes it's just, you know, it's always better just to, you know what, Here's my driver's license. Here's my information. If you don't want to talk to us in any way, shape, or form, you don't want to answer a question, that's fine. Just give us your information. We'll take care of our business, our side of the business that has to be done. We'll give you the information, your your information back, sign the citation or whatever it is that we're going to, whatever business we have, and then you're free to go. So basically, it helps to be polite and, and have a good attitude because uh, I would imagine that you as, as an officer probably have a fair amount of discretion on how that interaction goes, whether you decide if it's going well, that maybe you're just going to give a warning, or if it's not, then you're just going to go ahead and give them everything that you can. Well, you know, I mean, we can only give them so much, you know, um, as far as, you know, what they've, what they've, um, if, you know, if they've, they've violated the speed law, of course, we're going to write you a citation for speeding or what have you. Um, but it is, it's always, you know, in their best interest to be polite, you know, like I said, you know, we're human as well. There, there, there are cases where the officer, maybe him, maybe he or she is on their way to a call. And then perhaps, you know, they just want to talk to you just to say, Hey, can you please slow it down, sir? or Ma'am, you know, or, Hey, that was an unsafe lane change. You just did back there. You know, can you please pay more attention to your driving? Um, and that sort of thing. But sometimes individuals, unfortunately, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll kind of raise up the, the raise up the stakes with some of the, the conversation that they present us. And so, you know, we don't write attitude tickets, but it's, it, it's always helpful if the individual is polite. But you're human. You you 
probably, I mean, <laughs> would, would, wouldn't mind riding an attitude ticket occasionally. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, we're not going to, we're not going to go down that road and say, Oh, you know, well, you have a bad attitude. I'm going to write you a ticket, you know, but, um, usually the officers, he, he's, he, he or she has already made up their mind if that individual is going to get a citation prior to even walking up to the car. And so, um, but there have been cases where the individual has, you know, depending on what their story is, because there's sometimes there's people that, you know, you, you, you talk to them and man, they have a funny, they're funny. They're a funny story. You know, you're like, well, you know what, man, you just made my day. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get, let you off with the verbal warning and you know, you have a good day and just be safe out there, you know, and send them on their way. And I'm sure those people will obviously appreciate it. I'm speaking with officer Robert Rodriguez, highway patrol from California, as well as a traffic anchor for KERO TV in Bakersfield. Take us through what it's like for you as you pull over somebody who might be suspected of driving under the influence, because that has to have its own set of uh, challenges as well, because you're dealing with somebody who might have been drinking or been on drugs. or And, and so the person is obviously in, in a certain state of mind, uh, and, and it's got to be a little bit dangerous, or, or maybe it's not. Um, from your perspective, take me through that process, what it's like when you pull somebody over for suspected DUI. Sure. So, um, whenever we suspect that someone is driving, um, out of the norm, maybe they're weaving in and out of traffic, maybe they're, um, you know, slowing, stopping, you know, whatever it is, uh, we initiate a stop on this individual, you know, we're, we're going to make contact with them and, and, um, you know, we're going to, identify any symptoms that um, whether it's it's the odor of alcohol or if it's you know the red watery eyes we're, we're going to notify we're going to identify those symptoms on that individual um, have that individual depending on what area we're at we're going to have them exit their vehicle uh, we'll ask them certain questions uh, medical questions as well because we also want to rule out any kind of a, a medical a problem that this individual may have and then we'll go ahead into our our uh, dui uh, investigation and so that'll include um uh field sobriety tests there on the side of the road or if we're in a parking lot and then based on the totality of the circumstances then we'll determine whether in our opinion that that individual is under the influence of alcohol and continuing to drive a motor vehicle would be unsafe, not only for the individual driving, but also for the motor in public. And so we'll take that individual off the roadway. So whether it's alcohol or drugs, you know, that's, um, again, that's based on, you know, whatever uh, signs and symptoms that the officer notices upon contact. I've always heard, though, at least from lawyers, that you shouldn't, if you do get pulled over for a suspected DUI, ever submit to the field sobriety test because at that point the officer has basically already made up their mind and is just trying to collect more evidence to uh use in court against the person well i mean we will we will um have them do field sobriety tests um you know we'll we'll instruct them and then we'll 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 first give them instructions on how to how to conduct them if you know there have been cases where the person just flat out refuses to do them which is which is fine um here in the state of california uh, after you're placed under arrest, then you have to submit to a chemical test. And so we'll give you a breath test or a blood test, and it's the choice of the uh, arrestee. 
and um, they have to submit to one of those. If they've refused to submit to a chemical test, just depending on um, the severity of of the case. So here in the state of California, if you refuse to submit to a chemical test, your license will automatically be suspended for at least a year. Okay, yeah, because I think that's the same thing in in Colorado. I think it's the same in most states where you would get your license suspended for a certain time, but maybe that's a better option for some folks than trying to uh, submit to the chemical test because they might know that they're guilty or or at least don't want to find out if they are. Right, and then um, so the other avenue I was going to go down is depending on, um, you know, the type of case. So let's say this individual is involved in a crash, and now they're refusing. Um, so, you know, that's an avenue we'll, we'll have to take where we go to, um, you know, we'll request a warrant be issued for the for the person's blood. And so we'll do what's called a forced blood draw on that individual. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll take your we'll take your blood from you um, and then um, and then submit that as evidence. Yeah, there's really no point in asking you how uh, how a person who's been pulled over for a DUI handle the situation because if they don't really care about uh, getting behind the wheel when they've been drinking or or if they've been using drugs, then they really don't care about uh, what the interaction is going to be like with you. You know, and sometimes <laughs> that's the case. You know, sometimes these individuals they've been arrested, you know, multiple times. You know, and it's 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 really sad, you know, to see, and um, they clearly you know, have a problem, a drinking problem or a drug problem. And so um, this individual should not be driving a car uh, because, again, you know, we've seen so many tragedies. I've seen so many tragedies uh, on the roadways where, you know, people have been severely injured uh, or killed, uh, especially when there's multiple offenders. I'm going to shift gears a little bit and and ask you this question. We hear the words either accident or crash or wreck. Mm -hmm. Do you say on TV when you're broadcasting, do you say accident or do you say crash or wreck? What do you say? Um, I say crash. Okay. So are you on the same uh, impression that I am that you, that it's not an accident until you know intent? Um, no, I, the way, see, so, um, a a crash could be, um, is, is, um, a crash is preventable. An accident is not preventable. So an accident, uh, here we have um, we have a roadway. It's a two lane roadway, and it's a canyon, and uh, we call it. The, it's one. It's Highway 178 to the Kern River Canyon, and so um, it's a pretty narrow roadway, and so we have a lot of boulders that fall onto the onto the roadway um, uh, because the mountainside goes up, and then uh, we've had we have this sign at the entrance of the canyon where it shows. It's, it's kind of crazy, but it shows like a little cow falling off the side of the mountainside, right? And so the way I explain it is, so you're driving down the road, you know, and, and next thing you know, a cow is falling from the sky, right? And it hits your car, okay? So that would be considered an accident because it was completely out of your control. And you, had, you, had, you know, there, there was nothing you could do. The cow just, you know, fell on the hood of your car and, and luckily you weren't hurt, but man, destroyed your car. and that would be considered an accident. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I've had that discussion with folks because we, we around here <laughs> it, during the snowy times and 
when you have uh, uh, bad weather that the departments, whether the sheriff's department, police departments, get overwhelmed with calls, they go on what we call accident alert. So that gets you to report the crash or report the incident in 24 hours. You go online, you report it that way. But I'm tr- still trying to get them to switch to a crash alert or something else because uh, accident alert, really, as, as we've been talking about, you, you have, it's either intent or, like you say, it's a cow falling from the sky, and it's <laughs> it truly is an accident. You, you just never know. And I think the city of Denver just this year started now transitioning from accident alert over to crash alert. Yes, and and so even like in our on our um, on our crash reports, you know, it's all it's all crash, <laughs> you know, we, and that's that's the verbiage that that we use. So I was talking about. Um... Young semi-drivers, there's a truck driver shortage around the United States, and there's a lot of folks that want to uh, make laws around in certain states, Colorado's one of them now, that have dropped the age to drive a semi-truck to about 18. Uh, But starting here this month, we've had now some new federally mandated entry-level driver training requirements to get a CDL. What do you think about drivers, young drivers, 18 to 21 or 18 to 25, these young drivers who are now behind the wheel of these semi trucks and, and not really experienced enough, maybe in some instances to, to drive these trucks. Ooh, you know, um, lately, actually my last two citations that I, that I, uh, issued were to commercial vehicles and, uh, or commercial drivers and both of them were, uh, 21 years old. So, and, uh, both had just started driving, uh, both have, you know, a couple months on the job. They're both, the reason for the stop was they were out of lane. Uh, here they have to be in the right two lanes or in the right lane, uh, depending on how many lanes of traffic there are. And then they have to drive at 55 miles an hour because they're, if they're towing another vehicle and so, or I'm sorry, if they're tow, if they're in tow or a combination of vehicles. And so they're both in the fast lane and they're both driving in excess of the 55 miles an hour. And so that's the reason why I stopped both of them. And, you know, I, I think it just depends on the maturity of the driver, too, and their experience. Um, I know that uh, here in California, we've got we've got some pretty strict rules and laws when it comes to uh, commercial drivers. And um, we've got, you know, commercial units um, that are, you know, our mobile road enforcement officers that are, um, assigned to, you know, go out and inspect trucks and, 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 um, enforce more of the commercial laws, uh, when it comes to these trucks, because the thing is, is that whenever you have a truck or a bigger semi that that's involved in a crash, it's usually a pretty major incident, uh, whether it's a non-injury or it's an injury crash. If it's a non-injury, like the one that we had the other day, I mean, it's all traffic for miles and um, until we were able to clean that up and it took several several hours in order for that to get cleaned up Um, and so i'm not sure that these uh when someone doesn't have the experience to drive a truck i don't know that they understand the severity and the responsibility that comes with you know driving uh, a vehicle that's that big and that that's heavy um because of the of, of what could happen um and so um you know, I think it just comes down to to the experience and the maturity uh, of the of the motor of the, of the driver, and hopefully, 
you know, I mean, I don't know what, what you guys, now you mentioned the, the, the laws that you have there. I don't know what kind of classes they have to take or, or what they go through there in Colorado, but I know here in California, we've got a little more strict uh, when it comes to, um, when it comes to a commercial driver. Yeah, we had that one incident, maybe you've heard about it, where there was a young driver coming down from our mountainous area along the uh, eastbound side of Interstate 70. And uh, he said his brakes went out, but he had multiple times to where he could either ditch it or use a runaway truck ramp, didn't, plowed into a whole bunch of people, killed them. And uh, he was sentenced actually to 110 years. That sentence was then... Uh, changed by the governor to just 10 years. Uh, but he was a young driver and really couldn't read the road signs clearly and just had no experience on how to handle a situation where you lose your brakes coming down a mountainous road. And, and then instead of taking it you know, yourself where you're going to ditch it and, and maybe injure yourself, you plowed into a whole bunch of other people killing them, unfortunately. Wow. You know, I, I didn't hear about that. Um, but, you know, like I said, you know, pretty tragic. And so that's why it's imperative that that these commercial drivers understand, you know, the ramifications and, and the, you know, what, what could happen if, if you're not paying attention to, to your driving, if, if, if you, you haven't uh, done the pre-check, um, the pre-trip track check, making sure that your vehicle is in proper working order mechanically and, and that the motor's functioning properly as well and that your load is secure. I mean, there's a lot that's involved in that, in that pre-trip check. And so, you know, these, mo- these, these commercial drivers, they have to understand that and they have to, um, again, know, you know, the importance of and the responsibility of, of, of driving a, a commercial vehicle safely. I've had a lot of friendly arguments over the years about pedestrians in the road, in places they shouldn't be. One one example I've used many times, there was this man coming out of this gentleman's club. Uh, It was very early one morning, I guess late the night and, you know, early one morning, around 4 a.m., and he parked at the golf course across from the gentleman's club. And he wanted to get to his car. Well, instead of walking down to the signalized crosswalk about 50 yards down the road where he could cross safely, he walked across the road right there in the middle of, away from where the crosswalk was and, and, the, uh, and the stoplight. And the, the, it was a pretty large man. And it, it matters because there was somebody who was in his just regular work truck, pickup truck, going to work early in the morning. And he didn't see that or, or expect to see this pedestrian in the middle of the road hits this guy, uh, it crashes. I mean, the, the whole front of his truck was smashed. The, the man was actually in pretty decent shape, bruised up and banged up, but really not injured all that badly. Uh, thankfully, not too seriously. Uh, but the man in the pickup had wrecked truck. He was faced with a prospect of, of having to get his truck repaired, replaced, losing work for that day and probably many days, if not for weeks, and was shaken up, obviously, after running into a man walking across the, uh, across the street. But my anti-car friends argue that there is no situation, even in that one, where a pedestrian is ever at fault. In every situation, they say it's the fault of the driver or in the way the infrastructure is designed, that the road was too wide, or the speed limit was too high, or there are cars on the road in the first place when there shouldn't be cars on the road. It should only be for people on bikes and people walking around or buses or trains or, or whatever. But in the eyes of the law, 
what would be the liability of pedestrians like that and, and the safety for pedestrians like that? Yeah, that's a huge issue that we have here in Bakersfield and Kern County is pedestrians, uh, safety. And, and so, um, first of all, of course, pedestrians and motorists, you know, they both share a responsibility and that's to ensure the safety of one another. And so, you know, of course, as a motorist, you want to be vigilant, you know, whenever you are traveling, especially in neighborhoods where you know that there are an increased amount of pedestrians. And then, of course, as your pedestrian, you want to ensure that you're using the crosswalks, uh, that uh, you're not crossing in between in between cars. Um, and that if you're going you know, to walk at night that you, you know, you're wearing, you're wearing your reflective clothing. But, um, you know, we have here in here in, in, in Bakersfield, you know, we've had a lot or several uh, pedestrian fatalities where they've they're crossing the freeway and so as a motorist you don't expect to see that pedestrian out there on the freeway um you know because it's a freeway you know you're traveling at speeds you know 60 to 75 miles an hour on the freeway and so um yes whenever the pedestrian is crossing outside of the crosswalk and you know they're running out you know, in traffic or they're walking out in, in traffic and they get hit, you know, the law says that the pedestrian has to be in a crosswalk, whether it's marked or it's an unmarked crosswalk, you know, not in between, like I said, cars or, or, or crossing the freeway. And so in a situation like that, you know, we have to place the pedestrian at fault in, in that situation. Why are these people crossing the freeway? Is, is, aren't there better spots to do that or what what's on one side that they have to get to the other side well we have a we have a good amount of homeless population unfortunately here on our on and so we've got we do have a team that goes out and uh will assist caltrans or um with uh, cleaning up you know some of these uh, encampments that are that are on the freeway or or in, in between the fence the fence line to fence line uh, on the freeway and so uh, sometimes these individuals will they want to cross. They want to get to uh, to their encampment, or they want to go visit somebody. And so, rather than taking you know the proper route, city you know streets, cross sidewalks, um, they they'll just cross the freeway. And so, unfortunately, you know we've had our fair share of uh, pedestrian fatalities out here. It's got to be similar though with bikes too, because I hear a lot of people complaining about bikes in the road outside of bike lanes uh, who are riding between cars and are running red lights and don't really follow the rules of the road. And uh, they are obviously putting themselves in danger, but there has to be a balance there too, between having bikes riding in a bike lane or bike, bike safety, bike safely, uh, but also keep them out of the main lanes where, where they are at risk. You know, that's right. Um, you know, we've, we have the same issue, um, you know, or, 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 or cyclists, you know, riding on the op on the wrong side of the road, you know. Um, so again, it's a shared responsibility, and so we will, we want our motorists and our cyclists to, of course, share the roadway. If there is no bike lane, you know, we ask that the, the or the the um, the cyclists will have to ride on the right side uh, of the road, you know, close to the right roadway edge as possible, riding with traffic. Um, you know, we. You know, it just depends on on some of these neighborhoods that we have here in, in Bakersfield and with our, within our jurisdiction. You know, we've had our fair share of cyclists that have been hit uh, because they are, you know, just crossing or running red lights or running stop signs. And so, you know, 
the cyclists, they have to abide by the traffic laws. And so if the light's red at an intersection, that cyclist has to stop for that for that light. If there's a stop sign, they have to stop for that posted stop sign. Um, you know, there are, turn, there are hand signals as well that, that cyclists um, need to use as well. You know, if they're going to make a, a you know, a, if they're going to turn or if they're going to stop and that sort of thing. And of course, that'll all help out, you know, with sharing the road. And so we're hoping that, you know, the, the motorists and the cyclists will, you know, see each other while this is going on. Um, but, um, but again, that, that is an issue that we have here as well. And do you, and do you have an issue with those, uh, little two wheel scooters that those electric deals that, um, are in some cities? Um, not so much here. Um, you know, there's, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, we've got, um, certain neighborhoods that will have, um, golf carts. <laughs> parties and so golf carts um they'll go out in their golf carts and you know ride around neighborhoods you know and and you know they'll drink and ride and stuff and um they'll have their little water gun fights and you know i mean it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt you know and then when they get hurt or they get hit by a car and they're in their they're in their golf carts then it becomes a, a an, an issue and a problem and so we've you know we've gone out and tried to educate you know, these communities and it's like, Hey, look, you know, you can't have these, these huge golf cart parties that you have out here, especially on the roadways, you know, public street, because now it becomes a liability. Um, not only that, but it's a dangerous situation for, you know, cause there's like several kids that are, that are in these things. And so, um, you know, they all pile up and then they ride and then they mess around. And then unfortunately several of them have gotten hurt. So sounds like that retirement city there in, in Florida, North of Orlando called the villages. Uh, where everybody, oh. where all the old folks are driving around in golf carts all day. Yeah, unfortunately, these are not a retirement. Well, they're just <laughs> you know neighborhoods, and of course, they've got their golf cart vendor out there as well. That's you know um, <laughs> trying to sell these uh, these things. So again, you know, it's it's just an, an issue that you know we as highway patrol officers and California patrol, we have to go out and provide them education and, and enforcement, you know, whether it's the pedestrian, the cyclist, or, you know, the individual in the golf cart, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's our job. And so we want to make the streets safer for everyone to be out there on. Well, in the few moments we have left, left, I'm speaking with uh, California highway patrol officer, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, he's also a traffic anchor for KERO TV in Bakersfield. How long do you uh, want to keep doing traffic on TV? Um, well, this will probably be my last year doing really? the, the traffic report. Yeah, it will be. Um, I will be promoting to sergeant um, hopefully this year. Well, I know. I know it's going to happen this year. Um, and so my time is my time is limited. You know, I've been doing it since uh, since. 2009 and so it's been a it's been an amazing amazing experience you know it's just just being a public information officer and you know getting to know you know the various community uh leaders and members and you know we've got several communities here in kern county that i've you know had the privilege of of um you know going out and speaking to and it's just been it, it's been incredible well you can't you can't be a sergeant and also report the traffic at the same time i mean you're i mean you're a big wig i mean you, you, would, you would think that you know they would want a bigger wig there up on the tv you know i wish i wish i wish that were the case you know um, um but uh, unfortunately it's you know they'll have to bring in uh, another officer in here <laughs> so there's probably people that are already uh, scrambling for your job and probably waiting for your corpse not even to be dead yet and then uh, <laughs> and take over 
I think so. I think so. I think so. You know, it, it, but I tell them, you know, it's not, it's not all about being on, on camera and on the radio. I mean, that, that is a huge part, but, uh, you know, there's just a lot of responsibility and it's, it's a pretty, pretty busy gig as well. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, congratulations on your promotion. Uh, I'm glad about that. I'm sad that you're going to be leaving the, uh, you know, Scripps family there, uh, in Bakersfield, but, uh, I, I hope that the next, um, person who's going to be the traffic anchor and public information uh, officer will do a bang up job. I hope so too. You know, you know, I've, like I said, you know, I've put a lot of work and effort uh, into, you know, coming into people's homes every morning. You know, it's, it's crazy. You're going to miss it. Me, hey, I wake up to you every morning. <laughs> and, and that's always an awkward conversation. Whenever a woman says that to you and your wife is next to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cause that happens to me where you have a woman go, I wake up with your husband every morning. Yes, that's happened many times. <laughs> She's a good sport. She's a really good sport, actually. Um, you know, there's times when we're at Costco, you know, or at the store, you know, wherever, out in public, you know, and they're like, oh, Officer Rodriguez, oh, my gosh. Hey, can I take a picture with you? You know, I'm like, um, sure, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's, 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 really, it's really a good time. Yeah, it's, it's same time, same the same thing, similar thing happened to me one time. I was walking to a Walmart with my wife, and there was this uh, greeter there, and she's probably in her 20s uh, and uh, looked like an alternative lifestyle. And she goes, didn't I see you at that party this weekend? And I know you were there. And I go, no, I don't think it was me, but you might recognize me from, <laughs> from TV. Yeah, it's always a good one. Where do I know you from? Yeah. Where do I, I know I've seen you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, best of luck to you in uh, in your future endeavors. Be safe out there, and uh, I appreciate all your time and all the insight. And uh, it's been a it's been a blast for me uh, chatting with you here. Right on, Jason. Thank you very much, sir. Well, there he goes. Who will replace him? No one knows. <laughs> well, I'm, well, somebody knows. Uh, but that's still up in the air, I guess. Uh, maybe next year. Uh, we can uh, find out who, well, like maybe before next year, we'll find out who the person is. And then next year, I'll give that new person a call and see how it's going for them. Uh, for me, it's still going pretty well, I suppose. Uh, no news is good news uh, at this point in my life. Uh, so I got that going for me, right? All right. Thanks again to uh, Officer Rodriguez. And next time, I'm not exactly sure. I'm working on a couple of different things. Uh, one is in the airline space. The other one is uh, another uh, uh, talk and traffic segment. So we'll see what we'll see what <laughs> prevails uh, as uh, as I'm working on it in the next week. I either way, it's still going to be great. Uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks for being here. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe and as always, happy motoring. <laughs>